Careful what you wish for. We all wanted baseball back. And then we got today's games. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $100 off your up to $100 match in your first deposit. Terms, conditions apply. See to Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And their stats are guaranteed to be correct, unlike one of our everydayers. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, Beast Grills, but saying Aaron Savale was 3-0. and 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 kudos to uh, every, our other everydayer, uh, Beans, who pointed out that... Uh, for as much as people want to get mad that uh, Savali is currently one and one with an ERA, a run higher than he is here with uh, uh, a batting average of over 300. Uh, again, we, I, I hope he plays well and I hope Manzardo plays well and I hope everyone's happy in the end, but uh, I just hope both teams end. have fun. Cause that wasn't fun. Right. Yeah. You know, but, fun, but that wasn't fun. No, today was not fun. And, you know, we're going to talk about, these are two very different teams it's kind of interesting because the Dodgers trade deadline was what people scream that the Cleveland guardians do and get mad about it. Their whole trade deadline was bargain bin shopping. It mm-hmm. wasn't about going and adding a star. It was about adding complimentary pieces, bench pieces. I mean, they basically just made their bench deeper. Now, some of their bench players, one of them is a former Cleveland starter, but the Los Angeles Dodgers dumpster dive, dumpster dove dive. Uh, at the trade deadline. I mean, you know, they they were going to add Eduardo Rodriguez, which would not have been as much, but all their other trades were, you know, around the edges. And I think we've seen this year, this Cleveland team could maybe, the downside, there's multiple downsides. When you have a rookie on the bench, they're not getting reps they need. Those young players then have to fight for scraps. Man, leadership voids, reliability, guys who are used to, you know, coming in and and not playing every day. Uh, the, The talent gap, is pretty visible just starting there. Yeah. I mean, that, this is what I want to go back to with everybody who was saying, you know, Oh, the guardians are, were three out. They were one game out of, of the division at the all-star break or the, uh, the train deadline. Why didn't they go for it? This is why no, no, no performance from Aaron Savali or Josh Bell or Ahmed Rosario at this point is going to get you on the plane of the Dodgers and that's who you should be comparing yourself to is the Dodgers. Again, all these teams that have been playing well all year, the Rays, the Orioles, the Dodgers. If you want to really, you know, compare yourself to where you want to be, it's the Dodgers. They, the Dodgers have not missed the playoffs in what, over 10 years now, like 13 years. They are consistently in the, in the playoffs every year. I know there's a couple of years they won the wild card because the Giants, you know, had their odd year magic bull crap. Um, yeah. And they won World Series. They won World Series this year. But if you want to compare yourself to someone, if you want to be the Dodgers, they are the franchise that, you know, of course they have money, but they also have a, a very smart front office. Um, they know how to scout. They know how to draft. They know how to trade. The Dodgers do everything well. I know they only have one World Series, and I know they it was it was the 2020 year, so it's you know maybe you're going to call it cheap or anything, but don't compare. The, the Twins are 66 and 62. In a division that's absolute dog crap, like the Tigers and the Guardians are just 
you know, running a, a blindfold race for who's going to finish in second place. The twins, you know, are in a magic shop just goofing around. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. Don't, you're not comparing yourself to the twins. So that's why, I mean, there's a reason Josh Bell was a free agent and came to Cleveland. You know, that, that's, and that's for everyone. In, sorry to interrupt. Everyone's here. I think two, two quick points. Everyone's like, oh, free agency. Josh Bell was universally praised. He came off a silver slugger because of what he did in half a year. He was maddeningly inconsistent, but there was not anyone who I saw who I respected who didn't think, hey, that's because over the course of a year, he puts up good data. And yeah, he's been great with the Marlins. This is what he does. They wanted and, Jose Abreu. They, they, their top target was Jose Abreu. But when he got three years and 52 million, they were like, okay, obviously we're out. And that's smart because you'd have been trapped in a longer deal and Abreu has been pretty bad. I know he's had a couple more stretches too, but like, you know, the Astros were in a different spot in the guardians where they are again, perennial contenders for everybody wants to play with them cheating. That's what I'm saying is you don't want to compare yourself. Oh, we're only three games back from the twins. And, okay. So and maybe Aaron Savali started today instead of Xavier Curry. You saw what Josh Bell did here. You saw what a Rosario did this year. And, and they were, they were even with those guys, they were two games back of the twins at the trading deadline. They are not the Dodgers. They are not the Rays. You're not comparing yourself. Other- to to it, this is the AL Central is in mid off, and you don't want to be, you don't want to be mid. <laughs> the the other thing too is like people are like, oh, they sold. Better sell than buy. Better to understand where you are, because let's talk about the Twins who traded Taylor Tyler Molly, thinking they were someplace Ooh. they weren't, and gave up Spencer Steer and Encarnacion Strand, who would both be starting for them. Like right, that's the thing. The everyone, best trade everyone is the ones you don't make. Like the twins didn't know where they were. They overestimated their abilities, and it it, it, it might cost them a chance at, at a playoff win again this year. That and then that Tyler yeah, Molly trade a bad is, call. That Tyler Molly trade is the twins junior Camonero for Tobias Myers. It is the yeah. Yanni Diaz for Jake Bowers trade. That's their trade I mean, for that. And Sonny Gray has been fine for them. Don't get me wrong, but like that Sonny Gray trade might also come back and bite him like the chase petty for Sonny Gray deal. Like yeah. Yeah, they got two years, but they overestimated where they were. They went out and signed Correa and kind of assumed greatness was coming. The it great hasn't. thing made more sense to me because you know what Sonny Gray is. Tyler Malley is not a, I don't think Tyler Malley was really changing the face of this AL central race, no matter what he did. Like he's a nice pitcher. I know a lot of people thought he was going to break out. And I think he's a nice pitcher. Sonny Gray had a track record, at least, when you made that trade. Tyler Malley, you get two really good hitters for a guy who's like, you know, who he he's kind of Aaron Savali. Like, that's, he's not great, yeah. but he's fine. So, and, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the point. It's knowing where you are and accepting your positioning and understanding if you're close or not. The Dodgers. Overestimating your value is, 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 it can end up being a killer. Yeah, and here's the difference with the Dodgers, right? Like we talked about Ahmed Rosario. We were saying this before we started recording. Like Ahmed Rosario is is like kind of their their sixth infielder. He plays a couple days a week, but not every day. And he play they're, they're playing against lefties. They're not forcing him at shortstop anymore. Like that's a nice piece on your bench to have. That's I mean the fact that he runs well and he hits lefties well and he can play a couple infield you know an infield spot. You know, that, that's a nice piece to have on your bench. When you're good enough that that guy's on your bench, that's fine. He shouldn't be a starter. But look what they do elsewhere, too. I mean, like you said, they, they didn't have a very sexy training deadline. They went out and got Kike Hernandez, who is a bench player, but he's got, you know, an OPS of like 700. On your bench, as a pinch hitter, that's fine. They needed, they needed guys that were hitting left-handed pitching because they were left-handed heavy in their lineup. 
and and they're platooning their entire outfield, right? Like your their entire outfield is David Peralta, Jason Hayward, James Outman, Chris Taylor, uh, Kike Hernandez. They're platooning their entire outfield, and they're in first place in a division that doesn't stink. I mean, I know the Giants and the D-backs are not like great, but they're better than the Guardians, and they're twelve and a half games up on them. They are the class of their division, and they're not beating up on the division because of, of the new schedule. Like they're platooning, and it works. Like, that's what the Guardians want to be doing, right? Like, you can't – okay, now they can't go out and they can't buy Freddie Freeman. Uh, it'd be great if the Guardians could fall and have Mookie Betts fall out their lap like the Dodgers did because the Red Sox were being cheap and not paying for a superstar when they're the Red Sox, which, you know, still makes no sense to me. But, okay, you have two MVP candidates at the top of your order. That does make a lot of other things fall in line. You know, Will Smith is a, is the best catcher in baseball, not named Sean Murphy. Uh, or he might be better than Sean Murphy. They're they're you know one A and one B. Sacrilege. Okay. Yeah. But like five through nine, their lineup is not really all that impressive. No, like on not. on paper, on paper it's not. But it gets the gets the job done because what do they do? They well you have Maximize. two superstars. You you have two superstars to balance things out. Yes. But you know you you maximize your roster on the fringes. That's what. That's the difference between the Guardians now and and Cleveland in 2013. Like. Mike Avilas was a nice bench player, right? Ryan Rayburn hit lefties. You had you had Ryan Rayburn or you know Brandon Geyer. Uh, Jason Giambi was veteran presence, which we're, I think we're going to talk about a little bit today. Veteran presence. Jan Gomes was a nice bench player that you're like they had a good bench. You maximize the fringes of your roster, and they didn't have, they didn't have two superstars in 2013. I don't think they had two superstars in 2016 either, but they maximized. Their roster. That's the Dodgers. The Dodgers are doing. The Dodgers have a top tier farm system. They've traded from their top tier farm system to get what they need. They just consistently scout well, and they they are maximizing the fringes of the roster. Like, look at the other, other names in this roster too. Like, their bullpen right now is Evan Phillips is their closer. Like, he was DFA'd by half the league three years ago. I mean, Alex Vestia. They trade for Ryan Yarbrough. Remember, they got yeah. The only reason they have Brewster uh, Gratrial is because the Twins got afraid of the medicals. And right. didn't want him, or right? Yeah, because he's look, to go to look who they lost this year pitching no, so wise. Yeah, they don't have Walker Bueller, Tony Gonsolin's hurt, Dustin May is hurt. They, they, Alex or Blake Trinan's hurt, who is a big part of their bullpen. Like these guys are all hurt, and they are they keep finding guys. Gus Varlin was returned to them on a rule five pick. Gus Varlin looked great today against the Guardians, he just blew yeah, them the away. Brewers, and the Brewers are really good with pitching, and they're like, eh, not enough there for us. Yeah, Victor Gonzalez was was fine. Ryan Brazier, I thought was going to be out of the league two years ago when the Red Sox finally got rid of him. And he has been looking great. I mean, they just do well on the fringes and they still have a very good farm system. That that's where the guardians need to go. Like that's, that's who you compare yourself to not the twins and their, you know, passable. I'm sorry. That's a, that's a, a C minus a D you know, that's, that's not how you're comparing yourself to. There's a big gap. I mean, I feel like there's not a big gap, but there is on, on the field there's a big gap, but like you look at that lineup, you're like, okay, they've got a bunch of veterans who, you know, Jason Hayward was ready to be washed out of the league a couple of years ago. He wasn't even starting barely after 2016. David Peralta was a last minute pickup or Miguel Rojas can't hit. It is easy to do when you have two superstars atop of your order. I get that. And that's going to be hard for the guardians you know, to replicate, Max but Muncy the rest of it, they can do. Max Muncy is can play like four positions, hit for power, walk a lot. I understand people look at the batting average and be like, yucky but dude's productive 
and flex, you know, flexible and there, there's value in that. So, and they always seem, like you said, they have weird drafts, but they always find diamonds in the rough. They always find talent. Now that they've struggled to a small degree producing hitters. I mean, James Outman is a rookie who's found success for them. There is a lot of parallels in some regards with Cleveland. Uh, you know, Michael Bush has not been able, he's kind of was one of their star prospects. Who yeah, around, you know, yeah. Lux hasn't quite stepped in, but what they've been great at is, Will is Smith. Is, they did, Will but I, I think in a lot of respects, what they do best is, I don't know if I want to say fixing dudes. It's interesting with, uh, I know we got to run to break with uh, Bellinger having to go elsewhere to get fixed, but like Chris Taylor was a nobody. Kike Hernandez, before he got there the first time, was a nobody. Uh, Hayward is, is, Hayward, is a nice Peralta were coming. Well, Peralta still had some trade value last year, but um, you know these are guys who struggled and they are able to kind of right the ship, so um basically this is my way of saying maybe cleveland's next manager should be the hitting coach for the los angeles dodgers i think they've already had a couple of hitting coaches hired away if i'm not mistaken they had was it robert van skoyak who was one of the launch angle revolution guys yeah. like he was the guy that turned justin turner around that's that's another yeah. win for them justin turner was a was yeah. FA'd by the mets he was going to go out of the league and then the dodgers turned his career around yeah i mean like i said again for all the people who complained about this team not going for it no, his Lance Skoyak is still their hitting coach from 2019 to present. It's a big difference, though, between being the hitting coach and manager. That's two very different jobs, obviously. But he also, um, he's also someone who credit uh, has credit from JD Martinez for helping him turning his career around. Yeah, around just and just in 2013. All right. Well, more of that to come. Leadership, uh, guys on the waiver wire, the Guardians do not need. Coming up on Lockdown Guardians. Do you think that any Guardians player can hit a home run tomorrow night against the Toronto Blue Jays? Nope. Uh, well, I don't. So I wouldn't go for home runs. Uh, I wouldn't use stolen bases. I would maybe go strikeouts with this staff. You know, I go and do strikeouts if you were going in sleeper. I think that's where you want to go. You want to grab a pitcher, go with a Williams or a Bybee of late, and bet and use strikeouts as your stat category. And on sleeper, you could swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts or, or burn away to the, I don't know. I don't have a good one for pitchers. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like, select more or less on a stat category, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more get your picks right. And you could win big. And they got dynamic payouts, which ensured each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it, as opposed to a preset multiplier based on the number of legs in the contest. So with dynamic payouts also comes more stat categories to place contests, contests on. You can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. There we go. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. They'll put you in a hold. Guardians offense will try to get out of its hold on Friday as they head to Toronto. It's Tanner Bybee and Chris Bassett, old friend from the University of Akron. Greatest player in University of Akron history. Not even close. Not even yeah. close. Past Mike Birkbeck, the great Kent State pitching coach, who used to be the greatest. Yeah. Uh, on SiriusXM, listen to that game. Just search Guardians on the app. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That that that, that has Hunjin Ryu, and oh, who I thought was hurt after last game that he pitched here. He got hit in the line, uh, near the line drive. And then you say mm-hmm. could so expect a lot of Ramon Laureano and Eric Haas up in. So the Guardians are going to play in Toronto, and Bo Naylor is going to play one game. 
And hey, I, I had other comments like this too. Well, okay, I'll save this for the Mejia situation, but uh, I have other, uh, I got some. Yeah, I mean, listen, we can be honest. Like, you know, Naylor has struggled. Like, it has been a struggle offensively, defensively. It has been a struggle and has been for Gabby as well. But these guys only get better by playing, by getting reps and seeing what they can do. And, you know, Gabby had the big hit today. I am curious to see, like, okay, blind question. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Everyone's favorite trivia. Uh, where does Gabby rank on this team in home runs? Where do you think Gabby ranks on this team in home runs? I'm going to pull that up. Jose Naylor. I'm going to say fourth. When I set this up, so we'll pull it up. Uh, he is, if you count Josh Bell, he is fifth. So uh, Andres Jimenez and Josh Bell both have 11, and then Gabby is at eight. For a guy who didn't play for two months because, you know, by reports, Whatever. attitude yeah. issue. Yeah, and a guy who also, I mean, the Dodgers' worst home run hitter today, I think, was what had had double digits. Yeah, it's. What do you what do you make of Brian Rocchio being sent down while we're talking about the bench here? Because what what does that mean for Gabby? I think it's a good thing for Gabby, but it's more related to the fact that Rocchio has been swinging out of his shoes. Like this is he has never He's struck out like this in any level. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I, he was hitting for less power this year and getting on base more. It's like it, he completely tried to flip the switch when he got to the big leagues. And that's just, yeah, the guardians said don't hit for power. You're not, you're never going to make the majors. If you hit for power, Brian, you have to hit for average. You have to have more singles up the middle. You're never going to make the majors. If you have more home runs. Yeah. If he, if he would have hit his first career home run and his first at bat, down immediately. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't, you can't show the rest of the team with that power, man. You got to go more singles up the middle. They show him videos of Nolan Jones and say, we'll send you to Colorado. And everyone's like, no, not Dick Monfort. Nolan no. And then, <laughs> Nolan Jones is hitting second for them in Colorado. Um, never, you know, that's that's the threat. We're going to make Rokio, play for the bottom five. Like I, I don't think that it's going to be great having him in AAA. Like, okay, so it just means more Cole Calhoun. And... It means, you know, like, well, I guess Eric Haas, maybe, maybe you'll play Eric Haas in the outfield a little bit, but, yeah. you know, you're going to see. You should, Gallagher, if you missed it, it's Rokio down, Cam Gallagher activated. So we're back Just to three catchers. I really want to know what happens when David Fry is back. That's what I'm curious about because you're not going to carry four. And I'm I'm sorry, I just can't keep Cam Gallagher over Eric Haas. I just can't. And is, that maybe that's more of a personal thing than it is, I, you know, is, anything I, on paper. You and I both know that the pitchers do like throwing to Gallagher. That you know there are things about him. OPS is three hundred. Like, but I, I, I I have put that. I've had people arguing the last several years about about catching and defense, and I was like, you know, the Austin Hedges thing. I was like, look, he's a he's a good defender. He kind of regressed a little bit last year. He's been better this year defensively. There's a certain line you can put up with, and the Guardians have obviously proved, like shown this. They're willing to put up with certain offensive inefficiencies for a good defensive catcher. But like, there's that. What, this is why I was never good at math and graphs. But there's that. What is that line of um, diminishing re- law? Diminishing returns, right? Like, returns. there's only so much defensive value you can have. Still have like a 300, a 300 OPS, a three OPS, not just not just slugging, a 300 OPS. Like there is no amount of defense that can save you from that bad of a offense. There's not. I don't care if you, if you're a Gold Glover. Like I'm sorry, there's not enough 
and anybody who hits like that's not starting anyway. So that, that's that's a moot point. But there is not enough defense in the world to save you from that line. Like you are, he's a negative WRC plus. Even Austin Hedges wasn't that bad. No, I no, don't see how you no. can keep that guy. Like I know he's, a, I know the pitchers like throwing him, but if you're building this team going forward to be a better, like Eric Haas makes sense on the bench because he hits lefties or he has in the past. I know he's having, he's having down here. And someone said, why is this guy playing? All right. For one, Naylor has struggled and Naylor is still going to play five days a week. He's still going to get the bulk of the at-bats. And at some point you do have to expose him to more left-handers. You have to. And he's, you know, he hit, he hit a lefty again today. He had a couple doubles there today against a lefty. So he's still getting playing time against them. And someone else was like, well, why is Haas playing today? I'm like, well, they were playing uh, Clayton Kershaw. So, you know, I'm okay sitting Bo Naylor against Clayton Kershaw. Like, that's fine. Um, even though I don't care about winning at this point. So maybe it, it's not fine. But it's the it was supposed to be a night game on Wednesday and a day game Thursday. So a catcher always gets one of those days off. So Eric Haas playing against lefty makes sense. Bo Naylor would have played the day game. That makes sense. Eric Haas right? has proved he can hit lefties in the past. Yes. He's he's caught two no hitters. I'm not sure if that really means anything or not, but he's caught he's two no hitters. I mean, he's not great, but he's you know he's like a 45 catcher, a 40, maybe a 50. Like he's, I I think it's also though interesting. Like Cam Gallagher spent up most of last year in the minors, and he's with this team. Cole Calhoun is playing great now, but he was in the minors. All, like this is a team that can't even get replaced. Like they're playing guys. The worst team in baseball got rid of Ramon Laureano, and the Guardians are playing him a couple days a week. Yeah, I mean it's it's a weird situation. Like they keep trying to pull guys. They're they're doing so. If um if the Dodgers are shopping in targets one spot, Cleveland is bargain shopping in the dumpster behind the Golden Corral. When it comes, they're shopping to at five. Bench man, pieces. I think you're right. I no, they're five. even lower. That's why I think they're they're yeah they're 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 like they're dumpster diving. They're not even shopping. It's it's a full on dumpster dive. Um, but I mean, Cole Calhoun again is producing. I'm not opposed and we'll maybe take our next break and then come back and talk about vets and things like that. But yeah, you know, we got these two teams on deck and you could talk about by the time this twin series is done, anyone who still had hope that might be time to put it in third place. And right now they're up to 10th worst record in baseball. And in terms of strength of schedule, they have the uh, eighth hardest strength of schedule. The twins have the 27th easiest. Twins still have Oakland, Colorado, the Mets, the Angels, the White Sox, and the Guardians listed amongst their easiest teams. It's so. almost like the front office calculated that when they made their trades at the deadline, you think? No, they were just a combination of wanting to uh, save money and because they're a bunch of quitters. Sorry, I was channeling our comments. Guardians going north of the border this weekend. Uh, you can listen to each game Friday at 7, Saturday at 3, and Sunday at one thirty-seven, just to be fun, um, on your SiriusXM app. Just search Guardians. Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen. Peacock game on Sunday, or is it just a random? <sighs> it's a random. It's one thirty-seven start, yeah. Just a, I mean, I think Guardians home games on Sundays right? is, is one. Yeah, it's like noon. Guardians are playing at like one forty on Sundays at home now, so I'm not sure what that's about. Maybe it's to get out of church. I don't know. Uh, Noah Syndergaard gets us. Don't have to spend money on lights. I'm they want to start I'm, earlier I'm, then. Yeah, they're just going to keep. I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I've. I've had way too much of Twitter and the comment section and everyone being mad. What uh, is listen, Twitter? I don't know what that is. The, the the this team has had really bad health 
this year and in 21 and really bad luck and 22 they managed to have good luck and this is not a rebuilding team they just sit there and say everyone's like oh tito's retiring because this team's in a full-on rebuild and they won't be good for a while are you paying you're clearly not watching because the pitching staff alone means this team is going to be solid for the next five years this isn't a full-on rebuild this is a team that uh let's see what happens when we have a healthy josh naylor again let's let's see i mean it'd be better for jose ramirez that home run on against kershaw was was nice to see especially from the right side like it's been a rough month it's been one of his worst months of uh of his career but i don't know how much of that is is fluky or not having naylor but yeah um a lot of quotes out there by the way we I feel like we said this earlier in the year about how this team didn't seem to have a player leader. And I think we talked about how, you know, oh, Tito's best work comes in the clubhouse, not, you know, in-game management. Not for, for all the flaws he has, mm-hmm. he's good at, at getting the team on the right mindset and all that kind of stuff. And I think he still does. But I think I also mentioned that leadership from a player and a manager are two different things. You need both you definitely need both of those things. Like I'm trying to remember who, who I heard this from, from one of the managers, but, or one of the players, but I think, and it goes back to being, having Jason Giambi, like, or even Jason Kitmas, I think um, who learned from Giambi, but messages just hit a little different when it comes from a veteran than it does a, ma- a manager, especially when you're struggling or if you do something wrong, like that's when all the things went well for Tito here. And even in Boston, I know towards the end, everyone's going to point out the whole, you know, beer and chicken thing, whatever. But when you have a player's locker room, the police is itself. I'm not saying anything's going wrong in there, but when you struggle the way this team has this year and you have a bunch of young guys on the, on their, on the team who don't know, they know their way, you know, Jose Ramirez leads by example. He maybe is not quite the vocal leader and, and he could be more of a vocal leader for all we know. We're not in the clubhouse. So it's not like we can sit here and say, Jose Ramirez is not a vocal leader. Like the, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors in the, in the locker room, but that was Jason Giambi's role here when he was here. The first when he was here in 2013 and that group of guys grew together. Jason Kittman's never had a, was never shy about telling it like it was. These guys are all still trying to find their way. Like you have a bunch of kids who are still trying to prove they belong in the majors, Arias, Brennan, Naylor, even Quan to some extent. And, and all these other guys are still trying to find their way in the majors as much as I think we both griped about Cole Calhoun playing, I'm not against Cole Calhoun's presence here because it sounds like there was, you know, Will Brennan had, was had like super nice things to say about him. It sounded like he Will really, Brennan had a comment in every article. Yeah. It sounds like Will Brennan's really enjoying Cole Calhoun being here. Maybe, maybe that helps them in the long run. Like maybe that's not something that's going to help him this year, but maybe some of the guys in this locker room who are still trying to be major league players, everyday players in some role that are trying to help this team, maybe what they're learning from Calhoun pays off down the road. Like Blake Parker and Brian Shaw, look at Trevor Steffen. They had big impacts on, on, on Trevor Steffen and Shaw had a big impact on a lot of guys down there. Like even the other day, Tito talked about um, Emmanuel Clase when he first got here, had to learn how to take care of his body and how to be available to pitch every day. He come come to the park and be ready to pitch every day. You know, who was always ready to pitch every day. Cody Allen, and Brian Shaw. You think Brian Shaw didn't have maybe some sort of impact on class A and, you know, coming to the park, being available to pitch every day. Like those things do matter. You may not see him on the field right now and it may not happen right now. And at this point, like outside of Gabby Arias playing first base every day when he, like he should, 
Um, even though Rokio's down now, I guess you get Freeman in there more. I don't know. Cole Calhoun's not taking a bats for anybody right now. If Rokio is going to AAA to kind of clear his mind from not chasing everything in the dirt, it is what it is. Yeah. And I'm not, I was never against his presence in the first place, but at least we're seeing some guys seem to value what he's doing in the locker room. So maybe that that's a long-term payoff, hopefully. Yeah, it seems like there was a vacuum and he filled it. And, you know, they they had needs. They didn't have that guy on this team earlier this season. Sorry. No. Um, You know, we had someone ask about Francisco Mejia. And no, I no. no. like I'll just say this. That's the end of the answer. Uh, no, that's it. Uh, no, I'll go ahead and say it. It was a, a flawed profile. He was overrated as a prospect. He is hit, yeah, he is hit tool only. And I don't think I heard more negatives about any player ever in terms of their time in the minors. So, yeah. No, thank you. I, There's a reason why he was like, oh, people who told me he'd win a batting title. I'm like, you're not watching or following this in depth. You're just looking at a stat line. I, I, I do know there were people in the organization that when he was traded were, were not upset that he was gone. There's a reason they tried to use him for Luke Roy, and then when that failed, came back and tried to trade him two years later. Let's put it that way. They were this very... He didn't stick anywhere either. Yeah. The Rays tried, so, it just didn't work. If yeah, the Rays can't we, make it work, who's going to make it work? Yeah. Yeah. The Rays are going to fix, Cleveland's going to fix something the Rays couldn't fix. I love the positivity. Yeah. Bo Naylor, Bo Naylor needs to play. And if when he, the only reason he should be sitting is if it's a day game after a night game and they're facing a lefty and you put Eric Haas in. And when David yeah. Fry comes back, you move David, this get, you know, free David Fry and move around a little bit. I, I would like to see Eric Haas in the outfield a little bit against lefties too. How about an outfield of, Loriano and Haas. It's super weird. Let's just get weird the rest of the year. Everything should be wow. weird from here on out. The weirder, the uh, better. Weirder, the better. That sounds like the perfect place to say thank you all for listening, rating, and reviewing, and doing your part every day on Lockdown Guardians. It helps. We appreciate all of you. And go, go, Guardians, go.